is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Haven't seen you in a couple days. What's going on, Reggie? Yo, what's up, Luke? Had a great weekend. Spent it with Love the wifey, it. the dogs. I'm a mama. Great time, great time. But great to be back talking sports with you, brother. Yeah, we're talking who the Twins MVP may be if the season were to end today. Talking some NBA playoffs and how much trouble Luka and the Mavs are in now. Plus, later I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. It's all coming up on Superior Sports Talk. But first, if you enjoy Superior Sports Talk, you'll also enjoy our other daily show with former NFL receiver Ron Johnson. Ron offers the unique view of an athlete-turned-broadcaster and brings you high-profile guests like Braylon Edwards, Adam Thielen, and Robert Smith. Subscribe to the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel or your favorite podcast feeds so you never miss an episode. All right, well, let's talk about those twins, shall we? Twins already had the series clinch yesterday afternoon after winning the first two, and most people, like myself, shut this one off early after they were down six runs in the eighth inning, but... They rally all the way back and win 7-6 to six and do, in fact, sweep the Royals. A lot to catch up on after the weekend of action, Reggie. Smelter goes five innings, only allows one run in Game 1 victory, 6-4. to four. Joe Ryan goes five-plus in Game 2, only allows one run. Twins win 9-2. And yesterday, Bailey Ober gets through five innings and does the same, only allows one run. Then the trouble started. They bring in Cano. He allowed five quick runs, only managed one out. But the Twins rally, as mentioned, all the way back. A monster eighth and ninth inning. Polanco, Garlic, Kepler, Sanchez, they all played big parts in that. Luis Arise had three big hits. Total team effort as you saw the depth of this batting order come through in a big way. Uh, Reggie, your takeaways from yesterday's magical comeback and, and the weekend sweep as a whole. So we talked about, you know, coming into these series, like they needed to get these wins stacked up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe not expecting a sweep for every series, but like, goodness gracious, like we'll take it, right? You know what I mean? Like the, the Royals, I thought they'd be better than they are, but they're turning out to be not that great this year. You know, I was looking at, <laughs> you know, I used to live in Kansas and uh, the Royals are their squad, uh, even though, you know, Kansas City is a little bit further away. Mm-hmm. And so many people, they're just like, fire everybody. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> Everybody's out. like, get them out of here. Get the reset. They're trash. Get out just of here. stop it. Yeah, they're no you know, Cincinnati you, Reds, but they're, they're, they're no, not on a great trajectory right now. No, no, but you look at their lineup and you're wondering, like, why they're struggling. You know, you got Witt, you got uh, mm-hmm. Salvi. You know, those guys are are, are great. You know, it, it's, it's just not working out. You know, Mike Matheny went down I-70 to Kansas City, and it's just, it's just not working out. And it's like, I don't know if we attribute this win to the Royals being bad, or the Twins just being that good and their their resiliency to, to battle their way back. Maybe it's a little bit of both. I think if you're a Twins fan, I know it's the Royals, but you have to be encouraged, you know, anytime your team sweeps and then they go through a little bit of adversity in, in a, a Sunday game that really, you know, they could have dropped and it still wouldn't would have meant that they would have won the series. But they lock in 
come back, win seven six like that. That says a lot about the grit of this baseball team. That says a lot about you know what this team is building this season and where they could go. And that's exciting if you're a Twins fan. We always talk about the studs, the core of this roster: Buxton, Correa, some other pieces. Mm-hmm. But again, the depth of that order really shine over the weekend, specifically in that seven six magical comeback yesterday as well. I was going to ask you who we should name MVP of the series, but I'm going to switch it up. <laughs> who do you think would win the team MVP right now through the first six seven weeks? Just kind of collectively looking back. Obviously, the first two I think of, and a lot of people would mention, Joe Ryan and Byron Mm -hmm. Buxton. Even with the limited playing time, he's just so impactful to the rest of the team and lineup. I mean, we saw it last week. Buxton goes 0 for 4, but the Twins still put up 14 runs versus the A's that day. If the season were to end today, who's the most valuable player on this team? Man, you know, I think if if you're just going like chalk, I mean, Mm -hmm. Buxton, obviously. Yep. Buxton like the dude is is incredible when he's out there but what's funny is he just seems to impact the game we were watching on Friday it was like 0 for 4 Mm -hmm. and they were just like mud stomping the Royals and you're just Mm -hmm. like well but one of my guys you know he was just like look just the fact that he's on the team just the fact that he's in the lineup that he's out there playing with his guys he just seems to have that energizing factor but you know what if we're going outside of the box for who could be the, the team MVP so far, and I know he's he's missed some time as well, Luis Arise. Yes. Yes. I'm looking at his stats right now. He has a homer, batting average 336. He's a machine right now. 11 yeah. RBI, and the dude has 36 hits this season. Like mm. – He's just a he's just a base hit extra base hit machine. And I think whenever they need production from this guy, he's there to do his job. And I think it was on Sunday he 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 batted in the the go ahead run. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's I don't know like if you give me someone and and you say, "Hey, you can't pick Joe Ryan." Yeah. You can't pick Byron Buxton. And you're just like, dang, that's not fair. And then you start looking at the stats. You're like, oh, I got a guy. Luis. Luis. It's, it's Luis. And I think he's the guy for me that, that kind of is like the engine that helps make the team go. Yeah, first of all, Byron Buxton certainly probably the team MVP, but he's never going to be that nationally recognized in the MVP discussion with your Aaron Judges and the other superstars because we know he misses so much time, right? I mean, those right, guys right. are going to play so many more games, but – on a game-by-game basis, though, when he's in the lineup, Buxton should be in that conversation as one of the league's best. But with all the time he's missed, with all the time Carlos Correa's missed, Joe Ryan, you only see him once every five days or so. Ah, Luis Arise has been really quietly the rock in the cornerstone in this lineup, night in and night out, consistently, mm-hmm. while we've missed a lot of those other big pieces. So I like that you mentioned that. Easy to go chalk in this conversation for sure, but another name that Twins fans maybe should think about and consider when kind of just evaluating the top players on this team through the first six, seven weeks. Uh, Twins, 
They're now 25 and 16, first place mm-hmm. in the Central Division. Ton mm-hmm. of buzz around them early this far this season, man. I mean, things are fun right now, Reggie. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. This, is, this has been fun so far, for sure. This changes weekly or even daily at times with injuries and just the ebbs and flows of a long season. But as yeah. we get into the thick of the summer, what worries you? What could be the one thing in your mind that drops this team back down to earth a little bit? Because Pitching was always the one big concern, and now they've faced some tough injuries in the middle of the rotation. Chris Paddock lost for the season. Could prove to be costly, we know that. But for me, even the starters that are doing well are being pulled after five innings consistently by Rocco. That worries me as he continues to put so much pressure on the bullpen. Is that a pitch count concern for him? Is he being overly protective of his players? I mean, what's the reasoning for being so aggressive when pulling these starters while in the midst of a a, a great outing early in the game? I think it's longevity because Mm -hmm. I think – he, like a lot of us, you know, to answer your question, are concerned about the longevity of this pitching staff. Mm-hmm. I think what we've seen is, you know, Gary Sanchez is heating up. You know, Luis Arise is, is on fire, as we talked about. When Byron Buxton is in the lineup, he's effective. Carlos Correa is heating up. Like, you got all these guys. Uh, Miranda mm-hmm. broke out of his slump, and, and he's heating up. Like, I think – what is tough is the pitching staff. The bats have shown that they'll be there. Even when they struggle a little bit, they'll rebound and they'll be there. But what you can't really say for sure is how good this pitching staff is going to hold up over the course of the season. And, you know, you're playing mix and match, you know, now with losing Paddock, who, you know, by the way, It's tough as it is, but then when that story came out about how, you know, he could have been a Met, but the Mets doctors Mm. nixed the deal and all that, like, and then you see what Taylor Rogers is doing, you're just like, dang, man, like, you know, imagine having a bullpen where your setup guy is Duran and your closer is Rogers or the other way around. Like, that is some domination at the back end of your bullpen. And I think, you know, we've seen the bullpen give up some 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 just inexplicable performances. And, you know, you would hope that the top end of that rotation does what they need to do with guys like Ryan, Sonny Gray, and, and Bundy. But, like... You kind of worry, you know, um, Archer, he's been a little bit concerning as of late, especially. And, and that bullpen, you know, uh, Duffy is kind of he's kind of leveled out a little bit. But, you know, early on in the season, it was touch and go. It was like, man, I don't know if you can keep putting this dude out there. And I think what you what you're seeing from Rocco is, OK, look, we are going to put someone in there. And then pull them really quick so we can just prolong them over the course of the season because he knows that some of his starters are some of the best options on his pitching staff. And maybe later in the year he can put those guys in for six, seven, eight innings because he did manage them well early on. And I think that's kind of what he's banking on. Running out of time today's segment, but rest assured tomorrow or through the week, we got to touch on Johan Duran because he has been lights out. Folks saw a stat yesterday on Twitter 
from the Locked On Minnesota Twins account. Johan Duran leads the majors in relievers with just a shade over 40%, nearly 41% strikeout rate, which is just absolutely bananas. So a lot to be excited about for sure with him. It's nice to know you got one cornerstone, one pillar hanging around in the bullpen for the Twins. Uh, Twins start a seven-game homestand starting with the Tigers tonight. Chris Archer, like you said, he's on the mound tonight. First pitch, 6.40 p.m. right here in the backyard at Target Field. Coming up, we're talking to Andrew Wiggins versus Luca last night, and later I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat. But first, do you want instant post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite teams? Check out our Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Following every Twins, Vikings, Wilds, or Wolves game, our Lockdown team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders like Kevin Gorg for the Wild and Brandon Warren for the Twins. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel channel all right well reggie the golden state warriors took another one from the mavs in dallas this time many fans down 2-0 yesterday before the game were like listen we were down 2-0 last series too and Mm -hmm. we won that one we'll be just fine uh not worried but now not going to be as easy this time around the mavs dug themselves in a serious hole after last night andrew wiggins with a huge game for the warriors Luca, one-man show, just not enough magic, though, last night. Your thoughts on game three and just kind of where we stand right now in the series? Hey, man, I think it's over. I was talking yeah. to one of my guys last night. You know, he's a Suns fan, and I'm like, man, how did this Mavs team beat the Suns like that? Like, this team looked like they were cooking with fish grease, like hotter than grandma's oven. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden – all of a sudden, they come into the, the series against the Warriors, and it's like they run into a buzzsaw. And I don't think it's for lack of effort. Like, I think they're playing hard. I think they're playing, you know, well considering. But this Golden State team is just on an absolute whole other level right now. I, I don't think it's so much the Mavs. I think just no. Golden State just heating up right at the end, right at the right time right now. Yeah, yeah. and you're getting this type of effort from Andrew Wiggins? Mm. How you think the Wolves fans are sitting at mm. home like, dang. Stings. But you know what? You know what? Sometimes you need a change of scenery to realize or maximize your potential. And I think – You know, some may say, well, the Warriors gave up on them too early. And, you know, you got D'Lo in return and, you know, people feel how they feel about that. But I think the Warriors are a team who's been there before. They got guys who have championship pedigree on that team who know what it's like to dig in and do what they have to do to win a ring. And I think they have challenged Andrew Wiggins to play – you know, up a notch, like take his game to another level and really kind of reach the potential that, you know, he was already a 20-point scorer, you Mm -hmm. know. That was was a given. We knew that he was going to give that type of an effort every night. But what is really cool about how they're utilizing him is he's going at the team's best player on the defensive end. He's rebounding. He's attacking the rim. You know, a lot of people talked about how, you know, him and Cat just didn't work together because, you know, neither one of them really had that type of dog type mentality that you needed to just will a team to victory. Well, he's got dogs. He's got Steph. He's got Draymond. He's got Clay. You know, it's a pool party. He's got all these guys that, 
just have ice in their veins and he just has to settle down and just play his game. And that is very helpful for them when they're like, look, we're going to take some of the pressure off with some of the things that we do. We just need you to go out there and be wiggy. And like he's out there getting wiggy with it right now. And they're just really reaping the benefits of that. And this Warriors team looks like a team that nobody can stop this season. Wiggins at the time was asked to do so much in such a different role. I mean, this was before Ant and, and obviously playing next to a younger cat. He was asked to carry this team. And now over in Golden State, again, he can just kind of maximize his best talents and not have all that pressure on him. As a role player. As a role player, exactly. Dynamic role player at yes. this point. Yep, yep. Benefit All-star role again. player. Yeah, yeah, going off right now. Benefits mm-hmm. of, again, playing with Curry and Draymond. Even Draymond seems like he's just in the perfect place, the perfect fit in Golden State. I'll ask you that. Yep. Is Draymond the same Draymond if he's playing for the Magic or, or you know another team in the NBA? I'm not sure. I mean, no. I don't think so. I think he's just in the perfect situation to maximize his certain skill sets like he comes out of Michigan State. He's not the biggest man in the world, but Mm-mm. again, for his role on that team next to guys like a healthy clay and curry and now wiggins pool party it's just the perfect storm right now and i think just all five guys plus their depth they just heated up at the right time and because they have the championship pedigree with coaching we talked about how important that is steve kerr one of the best um i think it's just the perfect storm right now and they're getting hot right at the right time uh yeah if he's one, coming off the yeah. bench for the yeah. timberwolves yeah if he's playing for the timberwolves draymond yeah. green he's yeah. coming off the bench like that's wild yeah. I just, yeah. but for Where that role go? for him mm-hmm. in Golden State, like they're not relying on him to be a scorer. Mm-hmm. They're relying on him to be an energy guy, to be a defender, to be a rebounder, to be a facilitator, even. Like he's like a point forward out there, how he fa- uh, facilitates the ball and spreads the ball around, gets the ball to guys in their spots. And on a team like that, that helps with spacing because you're like, okay, look. Like, he'll shoot it every once in the blue moon with that Mm -hmm. backpack jumper he has. But, like, (laughs) that's not what they need him for. But, like, on any other team, like, if he's going to start and he's going to play the considerable minutes that he plays, like, he needs to be, like, a scorer. And that's not who he is. I mean, look at Josh Okogie with the Timberwolves. Mm -hmm. Like, they put him in for his defensive prowess and his athleticism and all that, and by, like, 20, 25 games into the season, he was coming off the bench. And then, you know, 20, 25 more games after that, he's not even really seeing the floor with any meaningful minutes. So, like, uh, him, Draymond being on a team like the Wolves or any other team in the in the league, like, they're asking him to do more that's not in his wheelhouse. And he's probably coming off the bench, as crazy as that sounds. It's wild, man. Not looking great if you're a Mavs fan. Poor Luka just doesn't have – same talent around him as some of these other teams remaining in the playoffs. Speaking of remaining playoff teams, the Miami Heat looked angry Saturday night, jumping out to a 25-point halftime lead. Take game three, 109-103 to go up two games over the Celtics. Did you catch any of this one, Reggie? And if so, your thoughts on how Miami bounced back after that embarrassing blowout in game two at home? It was to be expected. Yeah. I mean, Spo is a future Hall of Fame coach, and he's going to get his guys prepared. They're not going to look like that more than once. And I think you got to give him his respect, man. He he makes adjustments like the best of them. Like, Pat Riley has mentored him greatly 
because he's just kind of taking this thing and run with it. Like the dude is an astute, you know, student of the game. And he's one of the best coaches in all of the NBA and all of basketball, really. And got his guys ready to play for a game that, you know, would have, I think, would have been kind of demoralizing if they would have lost again because you come off that blowout loss and then if you come out and lose again, now all of a sudden you're talking about maybe a little bit of confidence issues. But, you know, I don't know what Spo said to to motivate him, uh, what type of adjustments that he made to to get them in better positions to to score and, and balloon that lead like that. But, like, if anybody is going to get – their team to the finals based off of the job that they're doing is Spo. And with that being said, though, I still expect this series to go seven. Well, Vegas agrees with you because Vegas has Celtics as six-point favorites. Seems a little bit more of a margin than I would have expected, but six-point favorites tonight. Game four, mm-hmm. tip-off 7.30 on ABC. Rest assured, Reggie and I will be back here tomorrow to break all that down. All right, the time has come. My favorite segment is here. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with Ooh. what does it mean? Reggie, you ready to roll? Let's do it, brother. So ESPN released a recap and question marks of the top 10 MLB free agents thus far, asking, was the big name free agent worth the deal from what we've seen through these first six, seven weeks? Number eight on the list was Carlos Correa, noting Mm -hmm. his up and down play with injuries, playing a huge factor early in the season thus far. Remember, he was starting to heat up, started cold started to really heat up, hurt the finger, misses 10 days, starting to get back into a rhythm again here. So what does it mean when trying to predict Correa's long-term plans with the Twins, factoring on his overall play in 2022? Like, if he has an off year, let's just say, is he more likely to stay or go on the last two remaining years of his deal? Has he been worth the money the Twins have paid him thus far, in your opinion? I think it's too early to tell. Yeah, it's pretty early. Small sample size. Yeah, but but – I do think that he has the the acumen. I think he has the the cachet, if you will, to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's a very, very long season. He has to acclimate to his new team. He has to kind of get into a rhythm. You know, spring training wasn't really a good place to do that because of the abbreviated nature of it and just how kind of, you know, wonky it was. And so I think that, He's going to rebound from his early season struggles and have a good season. And he's probably going to have suitors lined up to sign him to that big money extension that he's looking for. And, you know, while some would say, you know, don't rule it out that he'll come back to the Twins, I think it's interesting. It depends on how this season plays out for the Twins and and how he ultimately impacts the game. Because – You know, if he decides that, you know, this is a place where he feels like he can win long term, you know, like the Twins somehow break the curse and they get out of that first round of the playoffs and, you know, kind of make a push and challenge. um, Maybe he's like, you know what? Or or if they're they come close and they may be just like a couple players away and and he thinks that they have something special to really do some special things in the coming years, then maybe he does just continue to sign on. I mean, you know, you look at him, he's still only 27 years old. He'll be 28 in September. And, like, in baseball years for a guy in his prime, like, you Mm. got him at a really great time. 
And you would like to say that some of his best ball, his best baseball is still in front of him. And so I think it would it would be a luxury for the twins to be able to keep him. It's tough when you got guys surging like Royce Lewis, but I think I think if the two parties enjoy themselves this season and enjoy themselves in terms of winning meaningful baseball games, I could see them having a little bit longer of a marriage and I could see him opting in. Or if he just explodes the rest of the season, I could see him opting out and maybe seeing if the twins want to give him a little bit more money. A lot hinges on how this whole thing plays out this year, but that's probably what Correa is thinking about. Yeah, interesting angle there you pointed out. Not a lot of fans probably thinking about when it comes to this long-term plans with Correa is if he does have a monster year, maybe mm-hmm. he does want to opt out and see if the Twins, first and foremost, I'll give you first crack at it, want yeah. to pony up some extra dough and um, you know come to the table with competitive offer compared to what he could get paid with some other teams. I think the mm-hmm. article poses more, you know, depending on what, kind of year Correa specifically has is going to influence and impact his long-term decision. But I think it's more about the twin success. If he sees that he's on a winning organization and he's having fun playing the game that he loves and is good at, and he doesn't need to be the main guy when Buxton, you even got like a Royce Lewis, maybe somehow implemented into the mix, the long-term plans. You get yeah. Chris Paddock back, you get Kenta Maeda back. I don't know. I mean, it, it must be nice to it's not exciting. only win games, but yeah, yeah I mean, it get paid obviously along the way too. So next one up, what does it mean? Justin Thomas never led the PGA Championship until one hole remain <laughs> in the three-hole playoffs with Will Zalatoris. He started the day seven shots back and seventh on the leaderboard and finished the day with his second career major victory and eighth PGA Tour win in as many years. What does it mean when choosing which player had the most roller coaster weekend? <laughs> Thomas and his roaring comeback. Omido Pereira, who was in the driver's seat all weekend Ooh. until his heartbreaking collapse on 18, hits it into the water, double bogeys 18, Ooh. misses out on his first major win. Ooh. Yeah, it was Ooh. wild. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think um I think it had to be Perea like Yeah. I think what's cool is you saw it from both sides. Mm-hmm. Winning a golf major is very hard. Mm-hmm. And you have to have so many things go your way. That's why it's so incredible with things like Tiger Woods has done in his career because you're just like right. dude, like that's just not normal that's not normal yeah no yeah. and so like dude dude had what i would do on a golf course like the collapse like that <laughs> unlike you've ever seen before like he that was what i would do on the golf course and i feel for the dude because like there are only so many people who have won majors and like to put yourself in that conversation on the pga championship dude i was looking Cause I was on the elliptical this morning and uh, I was watching a little bit of sports center, which I don't get a chance to watch a whole lot of. And they were just kind of recapping the weekend. Justin Thomas, like you said, only his second major. Mm-hmm. He's 29 years old. Mm-hmm. He won this PGA championship five under. That's wild. Five under. 
Like, you know, a lot of times you see a lot of these, like, leaders in these uh, championships, like, you know, they're at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 mm -hmm. under even. You know, those are what, like, this dude was able to not only battle back, but battle back and then win going 5 under in the whole tournament, like 5 under the whole time. I know the conditions were not great all weekend, hence the low scoring. Weather played a huge factor, but that's why yeah. we went into the final round yesterday morning knowing no lead was safe. And even though he was seven back on the leaderboard, um, he just put his head down and went to work, ended yeah. up rallying all the way back. And again, a little wow. bit of luck, bad luck, obviously. For wow. That, that just ended up being a heartbreaker. It sounds like he's going to be one of the better up-and-coming PGA Tour players, though, over the next few months, the next few yeah. years. So hopefully we see him bounce back in a big way because that's a tough that's one the to swallow for sure. Yeah. All right, last one. ESPN's latest article reevaluated Deshaun Watson's monster $230 million contract that was fully guaranteed and posed the question, if deals like his and Kirk Cousins, who not long ago broke the norm, he shocked the league when he signed that three-year $84 million deal, which was the mm -hmm. first fully guaranteed deal of that magnitude the league had seen since then superstars like Aaron Rodgers Stafford Josh Allen Mahomes they've all signed new long-term deals however none of them fully guaranteed what does it mean when trying to predict if fully guaranteed deals in the NFL will become part of the new norm moving forward just like baseball and basketball it's not gonna happen don't think so there's just too much inherent risk mm -hmm. there's just too much yep. like some people are calling the Browns crazy for doing what they did. Like, well, they kind of are. I mean, that's Deshaun wild. didn't even have any leverage. Like, yeah, he went to the highest bidder. He was just like, oh, okay. Like, you guys are gonna, you're gonna give me what? Like, y'all know what I'm going through. Y'all know what I'm faced <laughs> right. with. Right, right. And y'all are gonna give me how much? And wait a minute, sign. Wait a minute, put that on something. Two, yeah. two thirty guaranteed. Like yeah. fully guaranteed. You heard it. Like you that's heard all it. my Say money. It. Legally, he that's, said that. That's Legally. all my money. Yeah. For real? I'm going to Cleveland. Like, <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> that's where we I'm going. We out. We gone, baby. We going to Cleveland, okay? Mama, I'm going to Cleveland. I know it's cold up there, but look, my money going to keep me warm, baby. Mm. You know, like, I, I just, especially if this deal blows up in their faces and, you know, some things come out against Deshaun that, that, prohibits him from being on the field like they want him to be. They've given up on their young quarterback in Baker Mayfield and hitched their wagon to another one in Deshaun Watson, who comes with quite a bit of baggage, who is very talented. And, you know, if he isn't going through what he's going through and, and doesn't have some of these allegations against him, that deal looks really smart on paper because you're just like, oh, yeah, they're just, you know, paying a, a young quarterback who's a rising superstar in this league, like, what he's do? Because, like, he was in that conversation as, as top 10, maybe even top five uh, quarterbacks in the league before, you know, he inexplicably had this, this, these issues and these, you know, complaints that were filed against him, and he missed a year. And, you know, even before that, he wanted to be traded. And so... I just, I don't know, like, when you look at how barbaric 
of a sport the NFL is, I think it's tough, especially especially on non position or non quarterback mm-hmm. positions, guaranteeing their full contracts. It really handicaps you because you know there is a salary cap, there's a hard cap, and then if you're giving a guy these fully guaranteed dollars, there's a problem if that person gets hurt. And now you have to fill out your roster with someone else that you also have to pay. And there's just there is enough money to go around, but the NFL has kind of made it to where there isn't enough money to go around right. to give all these guys guaranteed deals. And that's tough. After the Kirk Cousins, again, kind of broke the norm, shocked the world, which again, back at the time, three-year, 84 mil for Kirk Cousins, everybody lost their mind. And now here we are three, four (laughs) years later, and that looks like peanuts right now. But Mm -hmm. if it was going to happen and the trend was going to start tweaking towards that kind of, uh, you know, um, style of contract, it would have happened with Rodgers or Josh Allen or Mahomes or Stafford, and it didn't. There's another young kind of wave here with Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson's Mm going to have to get re-signed here in the next year, year and a half. So it could still happen, but I'm with you. Such a barbaric physical sport to guarantee all that money. As soon as you sign a piece of paper, it's all guaranteed no matter what happens. That's such a risk. We'll see what happens in Cleveland when we look back in 10 years, but high risk, high reward, we know that. But um, quite the gamble in such a, again, physical, demanding sport. We'll see how it all shakes out. All right, Reggie, you survived the gauntlet once again. We're going to be back here tomorrow breaking down more Twins, Vikings, NBA and NHL playoffs, and plenty more. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at ReggieWilsonTV and on CARE11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love this week. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota.